0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> To the frontier beyond fear. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, June 25th, 2022. This program broadcasts live almost every Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern time, on Block Talk Radio. And I welcome those of you who are listening in the future as well as our live audience today. I know that this program is also on multiple podcasting platforms, which I very much welcome and still hope to continue to expand. And I also know, and this is important today as we enter into the gentle space of this program, which is intentionally that way today, that about a third of you are not in the United States and you are in a diversity of places with many different experiences and ways of looking at the world. And that is true within the United States as well, where I am. I am fortunate to be near some beautiful natural things. And that has been true for many years in my life, even when I was very young. And I'm very grateful for that. But wherever you find yourself, I hope that you can find that beauty around you. You can be in the city. You can be in an apartment. And I think back to times when um, I was, when I was in graduate school, I was I started out in an apartment behind a gas station. And I actually ended up finding it rather interesting watching the activity there. But the windows were rather high in my quite old apartment building, which in those days, quite old, meant it was probably built um, in the 60s or possibly the 50s. It wasn't super old, and there were older places, but that's about what it was like. And the window was high. And I noticed, because I was in a new place, I was um, in Illinois, I was getting my computer science master's degree at a at a very um, established school where some really important developments have happened, including the World Wide Web as we know it, though um, so I did not work on that specific project. I didn't know what it was. I had an opportunity, but I didn't know what it was anyway. This show isn't about that. this is about my view at least in this second out that window, and what I noticed was the sky, and it was different than what I was accustomed to to look at the sky and the clouds. they tended to to go faster because um, I guess the i mean I've seen fast clouds in the American West, which is where I grew up, but I was able to appreciate the beauty of the sky, and then that expanded. I mean, I would leave my apartment, I'd be walking on campus, I'd be even on the grounds of that apartment complex. There were beautiful trees, and it was a wonderful setting. So wherever you find yourself today, recognizing very much that this program, thanks to the outreach of multiple platforms. And let me also um, recognize Apple Podcasts because this program is, is, seems to be getting out more in that space these days. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, that's awesome. And it's on some other places too. Everyone in different parts of the world is having a different experience right now. Last show, I think I mentioned the map that I put up on the page, which is FrontierBeyondFear.com. I wasn't quite certain if it had to do with the show or what it was. It certainly does because the countries on that map change. The time frame, I'm not totally sure. It could be the past year. It could be the past month. Um, It used to say that it was the past month. But what I know is that there are people literally from every corner of the world listening. And um, I welcome that. The other thing I want to say today is no matter where you are, and I am a person who has come, who has walked many paths in this life, both spiritually and also scientifically, and have reflected deeply on many things, the most important thing that I can advise, no matter what, thinking about right now, wherever you are in the world, is to be open to what... um, your heart says, what the compass that you hold within you says. Science, when honest, can be very informative, but it has to be open as well. This program has talked about that on different episodes, and it's so important that we continue in the sciences to not just look at what we want to see, but look at what is real. And when we look at what we can discover about reality, honestly, truly look at it. Not only can it help us when looking at so many different things that have troubled our world, and perhaps this particular place, the United States and wherever you are, It can help us look at those things in as honest a way as possible. It can also tell us what we don't know when we look at it honestly. But also it is not contradictory to spirituality because an honest spiritual path is also one that seeks truth. We're really about the same things. We're really trying to make sense out of this reality and what it all means. And on the spiritual paths, because love is so much a part of so many spiritual paths. In fact, I still, it's been a while, maybe I did do a show on the Golden Rule, how it shows up in so many different places. You know, how do we love one another truly? How do we come to understand what is the path of compassion? And when there are places where we think we are just divided without any possible resolution, how can we go deeper, 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 find those bridges where people can talk, to one another, honestly. Where people can very genuinely share. Compassion is incredibly important. And it doesn't mean that we live only in that spiritual space. The heart space can guide us in incredible ways, but our minds can help us too. We will find That there are places when you go deep, when you look honestly, when you you get beyond those things that may tend to mislead, that have a purpose of misleading. And those can be hard to find too. But you can ask for guidance. Ask for guidance. We are inseparable from the omnipresent divine. For God, however you label God, to be everywhere, God is also in you. There is a compass there. There is a feeling of, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. Why? Go deeper. Explore. Help yourself along that path. If something doesn't feel right, why doesn't it feel right? What's going on with this? Why? and listen, listen. I had a show just a few episodes ago where my passions were running rather high having to do with skepticism because to me a closed door like that where you're not even willing to look at all is not helpful and it leads us places, those closed doors It doesn't lead anywhere. The image. See, you can feel my passion a little bit. I'm keeping my passion low today on purpose. My passion is about compassion. It's about not letting fear dominate everything we think and everything we do. It's about not dwelling in the shallows. It's about going deeper, deeper, deeper. Look. Look, look at the thing that may be uncomfortable to look I can't always look at these things. I'm just like anybody else. And if this covers a multitude of issues, it does. So, that's what I have to say. And really look. We did shows, or I did shows recently, on unconditional love, 1 Corinthians 13. One way of looking at it from one source, but it's an important way of looking at it, which tells us so much about how we really can feel the love that is omnipresent and love one another. Listening is important. That gentle space to hold someone's hand virtually and Try to see why, why, go deeper. And yes, science really can help us in a lot of ways, but we have to have an honest and transparent science, an open science that really wants to explore. And you can find things to help you in the space of logic, in the mind space. Logic and spirituality are not at odds with one another either. They can meet, even though that may seem illogical. Oh, yes, we can have profound spiritual experiences. We can. We can have things happen that, um, you know, I like to call myself a mystic. Because I've had experiences. My life is very gentle now. I don't I don't go looking for fireworks. I don't need that. But there is a lot of very gentle, gentle, miraculous activity that happens that can be looked at in very objective ways in my life. And yes, many of us have had times in our life they tend to happen when you're going through something. I was It was sort of like a perfect storm for me, my own awakening many years ago. We're getting to the point now where it's almost 20 years. And sometimes it's easier to look at when it's in the past, but I really felt it. I mean, I had to face my fears and I felt that classic one with the universe experience. And things came through that I could not have known in that space. Now, the path, so many years later, is gentle. But I am a changed person. I am not the person that went to school in Illinois because I was changed by my spiritual experiences, by an awakening. And I would not have done a show like this. I was curious about spirituality. In fact, I look back on some things. And I see that I was more open sometimes, I think, that I realized. And that helped, because during this difficult time I went through, I asked to be shown the way. But it wasn't just that. There truly was a convergence of multiple things that just helped, both physically and just um, being spiritually ready for what happened, although I really wasn't prepared for my awakening Because it will rock your world. And I don't think everybody needs to go through a dramatic awakening. You can have a gentle awakening too. Whatever path your soul is on, that is your path. I call you to the spiritual path, to be open to truth. That's really all it is. You want to know what's real. What is real? There are ways that we can experience and know it and even have it confirmed in amazing ways. You can have synchronicities, meaningful coincidences, so incredible, shared with other people so you're not imagining it, that you can observe. You can look at it and say, yes, look at that. I do that with friends quite a bit. It's a part of experience. Once you start to live in what has to be a more expanded world that has always been here for us. And any issue we face eases in that space. It doesn't mean that we're still not navigating through um, whatever it is we're navigating through in the world. But it changes our perspective. And there really is this space of namaste is one way of looking at it um, in the sense of The divine is omnipresent. Everyone is having an experience here and we are having experiences of darkness and light. Oh yes, indeed. I mean, you can see when there is something that really um, jars, it's jarring, you know, it's shaking our, uh, I don't, I don't, it's like everything gets shaken up. Oh yeah. And there can be very dark things that happen and we ask why. Why? That's often a part of a spiritual experience as well to ask why. We want to know why is this happening? Why does this happen? That's normal for us to ask. That's our compass asking. We too have a sense of conscience. That's another word. Um, we have to be delicate with that word I choose to be because it needs to be paired with compassion remember the shadow exists only only to help us see the light because the light is what the divine is but it, it comes to us in learning experiences we are here to learn this show is certainly going to go over today. It's a brief uh, show um, in the live space, um, but it typically goes over. And today I do have an intent to share with you some poetry um, that came to me, not that I wrote. Um, there's one in particular that came before things got a little bit more... more. Um, You know, shaken up, let's go to say that, put it that way, at least in the United States. And look, I know where some of you are, and I can't even begin to conceive of some of the things you're facing. I mean, I know I have at least one listener in Poland, for example. That is a very... Um, I know there's a lot going on in that part of the world right now. I mean, we get a little bit so focused on where we are here, and it is the intent of this program because I am very much aware that you are in different places to be compassionate to you and to also say that I can't really know what your experience is like. We have a number of listeners apparently in Saudi Arabia. That is a much different place than here. I don't know who's listening there. My heart goes out to you, whoever you are. You have your own experience, your own way of looking at spirituality. You have your own compass that comes to you in the way that it does. But I also call everyone worldwide to get into that space of compassion, To focus upon those things within your spiritual path that draw you higher to love, to that experience of divine love. I love, love, love to look at some of the Sufi mystics, for example, and the amazing things they have to share and how they swirl and expand. Experience things that take them outside of mundane reality. We can find these bridges. We are not separate. We are intentionally having unique experiences. I believe when we crossover, when we die, when we transition, however you choose to label it, we will come to know in a space of empathy what it was like for other people where they were. And oh, what a lesson that will be in the space of love. We will be surprised. I mean, I don't know what our consciousness will be over there, but I like to believe we navigate there as ourselves. I actually do very much believe that we are created as ourselves for a reason, that our souls are having this experience, this trajectory. For a reason, or there'd be no purpose for it at all. We would just be in the ocean and that's it. There's a reason that we are each having unique experiences. And some will say that it's only ego and to toss it away. I'm not one of those people. I think that we can certainly get occupied with the things of ego. We could do a whole program on that. You are loved. As you, you are special as you. And where darkness tends to emerge, I think, is when we don't feel that love, where we've had some really harsh things, perhaps, that happen. And when we feel love, we are called to light. I was beginning to say about open doors. Well, that's the beautiful artwork for this program. It came from artist Richard Crooks, who has done a lot of beautiful artwork since then in the spiritual community, and it's totally coincidental and impossibly, almost, almost nothing. Nothing is impossible, but so statistically improbable. And let me tell you, I have a math degree. The How I came across, Richard Crooks, and then it turns, I just happened to know other people I came across later, and you know, it's just amazing. And he created that beautiful image of the door opening to the light. That is the frontier beyond fear. It is light. It is light. It is also transparency. And it does relate to science because when the light floods in, we see things as they are. And we need to be open to seeing things as they are. Because believe me, the more we see things as they are, and I'm not saying how you're told they are, how they are. The more we'll see things consistently with what we will see someday when we cross the veil, because when you are on the other side, however you call it, you will see things as they are. How astonished do you want to be? The more you see things, and we'll all be astonished, let's be clear, but some of us will be less surprised because we are making as much honest attempt as we can And yes, maybe some of us have had some experiences as well. Some have had NDEs, near-death experiences. I know unlikely people who, you know, just I know a regular person in my life who opened up to me one day and told me about her near-death experience in a small town, not someone who wrote a book. On this program, yes, I have had experts on this, all of that. There's plenty of shows where we've talked about this. There's a lot of scientific evidence. Now, what we don't know is we don't know what happens when you actually stay in that space. And I'll say this as a scientist, and it's important. It's not said enough. We know what happens when a person crosses over who is going To return, and here we're strictly talking about near death experiences, NDEs, that could be somewhat different from someone who crosses over and They are not coming back in that particular life because it's very possible that NDEs have a certain intent. These are people coming back. And you think the other side and the divine doesn't know that? Of course it does. This person is coming back. What will they come back with? How will their personal life change? I've had people on whose lives totally changed, you know, because of this. And a spiritual experience, which... Um it can be like an n d e too, but it's not actually clinically dying as some people had and my friend um who a very unassuming regular person who never wrote a book um she had she just one day, not even knowing that I was in the spiritual community, opened up to me and told me about her experience. We were just sitting in her pickup truck literally in the countryside. Um, By the way, the live show will be ending soon, but I will be continuing. If you are on the phone line, you'll be able to continue to listen. Um, If you are listening in the podcast or you're just listening on the Internet, you can hear the podcast later. But I am going to continue on with this program. This is a free-flowing show every week. And that's the intent behind it, and it goes where it led in the moment. I have a very small plan for every program that usually arrives right before, and then I just flow with it. I just flow. That's what you're hearing now. I hope I think you can tell. If you are leaving us live, just a couple of things: frontierbeyondfear.com can learn more about the show. Thank you, Bog Talk Radio. I say this every time that, or as much as I can, because they really help me by featuring this program while it's live, and I appreciate that. Gratitude is an important part of the spiritual path, and, you know, whatever helps, whatever helps, we're thankful for. I trust the trajectory of this program wherever it's meant to go. Each one of you who is listening is meant to be listening right now. And I trust that there's a reason for that. You are welcome here. It's a gentle place to be. Okay, we're going to continue on. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about nature today. I did Oh. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to my story of my friend. That is a good story. I could do a whole program on that. She had a pretty powerful experience. She had fallen on the ski slope. Um, she really did have a classic NDE. She somehow knew that it was okay to talk to me because I was just a person in the community in this small town. She had no way of knowing at all that I had ever even talked at the time to spiritual experts. We were working on a a community event together, and she had a classic NDE, and she talked to people. She was in a light space. I can't even remember it all, and I, um, I won't tell all of it, but she... Had interactions in that space. She had some predictive things that occurred in that space that can often happen to people. And she returned. And she is just a regular person. What is a regular person? Well, everyone's a regular person that this happens to you
1: when it happens.
0: But some of them go on to write books or movies are made. And those people, some of them, not all, have been on this show. Or people who have studied them have been on this show some time ago when I took guests. But in any case, there are things that come from those who have been to those spaces. And there are things that come through higher experience as well. Our fears will speak as well. In fact, I have some theories about, um, you know, what happens when you first cross over. Some people report some jarring things. It's a little bit rocky at first. But if you listen to people like Evan Alexander, he had sort of a unique experience. He hasn't been on this program. I did at one point try to see if I could get him, but he didn't come on at that time. Um, but he's a neurologist. He studied this, and boy, did he ever have an awakening. And he was able to confirm his experience. And I think maybe in his case, he was very near to clinically dead. I'm trying to remember the exact details, but he even saw things that later, he could, the things he couldn't possibly know. And plus, there are plenty of people who have experiences where they rise up out of their bodies and they see things in the room that actually happened that they couldn't have known. So when science is honest and open and not afraid, because it really can be afraid. Scientists have fears, too. They're afraid to look in corners that scare them. Or they're driven by what's being funded or what they're trying to you know, maybe they're trying to confirm a very specific thing for some profit motive. There are many things that obscure our science. But if we had an honest science, we would be able to discover things that would really help humanity. That's when science would be at its best, where it's not at all at odds with spirituality. It's simply wanting to discover truth. It's simple as that. So I'm going to shift here a little bit because I did want to talk about um, something that happened last week. Um, I was led to a particular poem. I was going to do another poem this today, but I think I'll save that for a future episode. This poem spoke to me when I asked a question. It was basically, you know, it can be difficult for those of us on the spiritual path who perhaps have had a diversity of work experiences. And um, it can be, you know, in the past week I had certain things that triggered me um, that, you know, you can, in the moment, in the shallow way, the shallow ways that get projected onto us, the ego ways, we can feel like less. Like, oh, you know, I could have been this. And then you think to yourself, well, really, you know, and in my case, I can be satisfied that my traditional, so-called traditional career, went to a place that it needed to go, which is where really a very satisfying place in that realm. It really did. And I'm a mom, and I was able to be at home for a lot of time and work and not be in the conflict of that space that a lot of people experience. So, yes, that did impact you know, how far I could take that career. I never would have expected this. I was very ambitious when I was young. But circumstances arrived where I was definitely, I knew my only path at the time when my child was young was to be a stay-at-home mom because there were, you know, things that, that he was, health things and things that, it just was obvious. There was no question. And, and just my space changed. And so my career um, scaled down. Then eventually it kind of scaled back up again for a while. And then again, I was called home. And I, you know, my whole spiritual awakening, all of it, in a nutshell, I ended up in the spiritual community and a part of this has to do with how we define abundance. You know, go compare yourself to, um, you know, the, the people who, um, you may know who just, you know, they are at the peak of their career. They could be women or men, but they are what we used to call captains of industry. That's an old term. But, um, they are, you know, they they have tons and you know. They might have, you know, elaborate homes and second homes or whatever they have. Okay, that in itself is not abundance. And then you go to think to yourself, what would I do if not for some of these choices, like being at home with my child? Where spirituality? led me. Finding ways to make it work, the, the volunteer work that led to. That's how I met this woman that had an NDE. And all the rich experiences of community. You know, the funny thing about community, and I've had this experience, part of my path was eventually to lead. A, in fact, I've been a leader more than once. I led a a PTO, which is like a PTA at elementary school, in a different place. I eventually, um, and these were nonprofits. Nobody leads a nonprofit; you work with other leaders. But there's always a president. Um, I was president of a big festival for a while, and very pivotably, very pivotally involved for years. What do you learn when you're in community? People, you find out they're all different. They come from different walks of life. They have whole, totally different. Some of them are not spiritual at all. Some of them have a particular religion that may not be yours. They're working together towards a goal in the community. That happens in real community. And you get to know people in the heart space. And those divisions... They may exist intellectually like oh you know that person is totally different. But there's love because you know that person. And not only that, when you generate love within a community, when you generate that kind of love by working together, it's gonna create something loving, isn't it? It really is. How you behave changes. You realize this is not some caricature, this person who believes this and that. Oh, oh. No. You may not agree. You may even engage in healthy discussions, put it that way. You may. Or you may not. You may steer clear of those things. You may. Although it can help sometimes to talk, if you can do it. I've gone into all kinds of places when I used to be on discussion forums. That's what led to this show is I was writing. Um, I used to go into a Christian apologetics forum which um, was mostly men and I would go in and ask hard questions like, um, you know, the, there was one in particular we would talk and talk and talk about how you can be happy in heaven with loved ones in hell the way that it's defined. And um, I... Submitted it somewhat more starkly. That was a different time. I was ready to just, you know, it wasn't very gentle. It could be sometimes, but we really talked about these things. And people felt very strongly. And I had a p- particular point of view, and others did. And then later, there was the Oprah Forum. These were in the days of discussion forums. And it actually did help back then when moderated, To have a pseudonym, I actually am a fan of that in some settings, as long as there is moderation and it doesn't get totally out of hand. And it could get a bit out of hand in the first place I was in. But the Oprah Forum, they had moderators. So if somebody went way out of hand and it got, you know, just something just totally inappropriate, they would warn people or take them off or do whatever eventually but it helped us to be able to speak honestly with a pseudonym. I was Bridge Builder. That's where that came from on my Twitter page, which started in that time or toward the end of it. And that was pretty amazing, too, because we almost got on Oprah in that time. and. Um, There was a time I was talking to ABC Nightline because um, we were discussing the debate on the existence of Satan. Somebody I knew was involved in that. And there was another time where a friend on the forum literally got contacted by Oprah and was on a webcast. And she was incredibly happy to meet him. That really shocked us on the forum because here we are just writing and sometimes our posts would end up on her front page. And it was heady stuff. Talk about ego. I mean, really. It was like, although it was it was humbling, because you're like, oh, my God. I mean, you weren't a name. You were just a voice. And there you were. It would go under what people were talking about. And your post was there. And it's like, wow. Because I started out as a writer, always wanting to be a writer. And to see my writing, I remember the, around the first time, I think it must have been the first time that happened. And I wanted to call some, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, talk about kind of an ego experience and a non-ego experience. Because here was this writing on the front page of Oprah that I had written, and I was simply Bridge Builder. My name was not not known. And it would happen multiple times. And one time, I was literally communicating with the person, Emmy Award winning producer of ABC Nightline. And she was trying to even maybe get us on Oprah, this group of people who are in this forum, all of us with pseudonyms. And she says to me, her name was Ellie, um, well known, like I said, she's won an Emmy. And I later did get to meet her at this event. Um, she said, this must be difficult for you because, you know, you had to come out of the closet. You weren't just this pseudonym bridge builder. It's like you're doing all this writing, and it's freeing. When it's not hostile, it's freeing because you honestly talk about things without somebody just, like, ripping into you. You can really address the issues, and ch- things change because people really listen to one another. Sometimes they don't, but they do listen. That's what happened to us. It was miraculous. In fact, to this day, maybe someday we will. It's so many years now, probably not. Well, there is no Oprah anymore. But I mean, Oprah exists, but there's no show. This was, her show Was still going on. Anyway, I'm talking to you. This is such a natural broadcast today. It's like I'm just talking to you on the phone, which is great. That's how I want it to be sometimes. Um, I'm talking to this producer um, because I had met someone who was on this program, Carlton Pearson. He was a minister who preached to his congregation after having an awakening that there was no hell, and he was a conservative minister. And I had met him, and there were a lot of synchronicities around that as to how I befriended him, and he eventually came on this show some years ago. He was in a debate with with some other people, and Deepak Chopra was involved in this too, um, about the existence of Satan. Is there absolute evil? I already said in this program how I view darkness. In fact, I think this is consistent with multiple ways of looking at even religion, that you cannot disempower the loving divine. I will say this very clearly. It disempowers the light to say that the shadow could powerful that powerful that is dis that that is not. And let's be careful with even the word power. This isn't some kind of um crushing evil well, there you go, there's that word um dark power we're not talking about some evil lord or something we're talking about omnipresent love as described in 1 Corinthians 13 unconditional love that keeps no record of wrongs why do i go over that verse so much because it doesn't it opens up the door to the light so i wasn't involved in the debate but i may have been able to ask a question while there so i'm talking to this producer and i told her kind of about this experience that i'm just telling you about you'd have this writing and it would show up on the front page of oprah and it's like wow and right when i was having this discussion and i believe it was email at the time but we were going back and forth because she was trying i really did go to this event that was on abc nightline and um Later, We were talking about arrangements for that. And she was also trying to get us on Oprah. And so this post shows up right then on the front page. I said, it's on the front page right now. And she goes and looks and she's like, wow, maybe I was on the phone. I mean, Maybe we did talk on the phone at least once because I, it's possible. Anyway, we're having a discussion. I'd like to see, you know, how ABC Nightline itself, she represented ABC Nightline, would like to have a post on the front page of Oprah. I mean, that was what she said. And it was just like, and yeah, that's heady stuff. It's also heart stuff. Because we were speaking from the heart. When I looked at that from an omnipresent, divine way of looking at it, it's an incredible responsibility. It's like, oh my gosh, because... It's not really ego. Sure, you could be like ego. Look at me. Oh, look at me. No, no, that's ego. When that really happens to you and you're trying to get something out about love, about really thinking honestly about things, even when you don't understand it, because that's what we would do. It brings forth. It's a humbling experience. It's a oh my, oh wow, kind of experience. Like, oh my goodness, this voice, it's getting out. Now what? It's kind of scary. Because you don't want to misuse that platform. But the best thing that you can be is you And that's how it happened. We weren't perfect. We weren't the perfect voice. Here's the divine coming down to you. Are you kidding me? We were ourselves. Were things coming through that we couldn't imagine were coming through because we were connected to the divine? Yes. But you know the best way? For that to come through. It's like this. I didn't plan any of this for today's show. Not a bit. Not one, well, the beginning. I didn't think I'd be talking about this. This is about being ourselves. Look at how I even steered clear at the beginning of this program from even mentioning an issue that is very big right now in the United States, right? Right? Is that inauthentic? It was a choice because I'm trying to get below it. Now, if we were on the Oprah Forum, oh, yeah, we'd be talking about it. We talked about all kinds of issues and very directly. And I think what I'm learning here on this particular platform that really does go out worldwide, it's not a huge audience anymore. I mean, it has had a pretty, I mean, really, it's collected quite an audience over time. Cumulatively, And there were times that there were heady days on this show, and there are other ways I have spoken on national radio. And that has been amazing, just calling in or being interviewed or on a panel or something. That has happened in my life. It's not happening now. This is a gentle place, but it's going to people in a lot of different places and you're in different places in your lives and in how you're thinking about things and rather than just attack an issue i'm trying to get you to find your compass and to listen deeper because you can find those things when you look for them and you can listen to those who will come your way and want to speak to you. Ultimately, and I've been studying history lately, reminding myself or learning some things perhaps for the very first time, we have to find that space if we really want to move forward in a productive way. Because when you look at places, I mean, a really good example, you know, what happened in Bosnia, for example. In fact, I've used it, another example on um, Rwanda. Um, there's a beautiful voice out of Rwanda, Immaculate, Immaculate Ila Vegiza, who never managed to come on this show, but she had an astonishing experience. Everybody had become divided. And her country, she was warned to get out. She had this she was very connected spiritually and her family didn't get out in time and many of them were killed. And she went through a horrendous experience where she was hiding in a bathroom where a, a priest, they were Catholic, had hidden them. And it was very, you know, different um if your origin was, you know, a particular way, people, neighbors were coming around. With machetes wanting to kill her. And this was just her neighbor. There's a story she tells about how after all of this happens, she lives through it. She hates so much. Oh, she has to go through her hate while she's in that basement because her family has been killed. And these are people she even knows, some of them. And they're coming after her. And it's horrible what happened. The divisions, the divisions to the worst Possible level. She gets through this, and in the end, she has to forgive. I think it's one of her teachers. He had taught in the local school, and he had, like, killed people she knew, even maybe her family. I don't remember who all he killed. He was just a guy in the neighborhood. They get so hateful and divided. They were just, it just was the worst possible outcome. It did not end well. But for her it did because she goes to see him in the prison and people were really mad at her for doing this and she forgave him. And she talks about forgiveness and she tried to find a way forward. Look at Nelson Mandela. He was in prison forever. And some people can question, you know, there are all kinds of different opinions of what happened and I understand. I mean, I've heard, oh, I don't even know. I, I hate to even go there but um I know that there's division even there's division around everything at every person. There's somebody saying one thing, somebody what is the truth? What is the truth? What I do know is that he found a way to forgive and to come up with a way that I mean otherwise they just would have destroyed each other. I mean just completely. Was it perfect? What is perfect on this planet? I mean Could we have learned from, I'm not an expert there. I would love to see people living in a space of more compassion wherever they are. And by the way, I happen to know, thank you very much, being reminded in this moment um, by something, that there is a listener, at least one, in South Africa. Let my heart go out to you. I may be misunderstanding it completely. Please understand me in the midst of my own vulnerability here. I seek that space of love between us. We may not understand. Everybody has a perspective. How can we come to hear it? How can we? I'm not going to read this poem this week. This show went a different way. I'll read poems next week. (laughs) It needed to go this way. Find that person that you knew. Maybe someone in high school. You know, nobody even talks about what they think anymore. They're so afraid anymore. We're all going to just be at each other's. The roads. Not everybody speaks about what they think. I'm even being quite careful navigating it, threading a needle here because I don't want this to just be about an important issue. That's not the purpose here today. It is and it isn't. We're not going to get into it. It's about who Was that person, did you know their family? Do you think of them in a warm and affectionate way? Is it someone, even if you didn't think of them in a warm and affectionate way, can you find that space of loving your neighbor? I had an experience when I was a child. I was a bit, I don't know how old I was. If I could find this note, I might post it someday with the show. And um, I was sitting in church, which was quite a conservative church as a child, with a family member, and apparently the minister was preaching about love your enemies. And so I literally wrote a note to the family member in church and passed it to them and said, if we're supposed to love our enemies, what about the devil or what about Satan, you know, or whatever, however I referred to it, the devil or Satan. And my um, relative, who I won't identify, passed the note back and said, Oh, no, not him. He's evil. So as a child, with my innocent ears, I was listening to love your enemies. And, of course, in church we've been told this was, this was a very dark enemy now, wasn't it? A very powerful, scary, deceptive enemy. And so I didn't know how to reconcile that with this particular um, sermon. And I just honestly wrote that note. And it's a really good question, actually, is how do we find that space of divine, omnipresent love? There is nothing that can be outside omnipresence, think about that for a minute. Do you want God, the divine, to be everywhere? Is that a part? Now, can we prove that with science? No, of course we can't right now. That is a belief. But it is a commonly shared belief, and it is a very important belief to me. And I actually experienced that belief in a spiritual experience, in an awakening. I felt that. And even when I wasn't looking for it, I felt that very directly, the oneness with the divine. That's what a one with the universe experience is. And love, that was so powerful. The only words I had for it at the time, and I was sitting in a car, I had just been shopping in a store, and I was actually sort of with two feet, one foot in one space and one foot in the other, and I sat in the car and I turned on the radio and something so incredibly direct came through. I said to myself, "I am in the presence of, gosh, what did I say? The, I think I said of the living God, of the, you know, because I was using language from my childhood. But it was love. I could have said the loving God." It was alive. It was real. It is right here. The miraculous world is here. I had actually experienced a healing leading into that. I had something going on with me that woke me up that started this that no one could explain and disappeared. And I was sitting in a medical facility where they had done further scans. And they couldn't figure out what happened to it because they had told me the characteristics of it and it's not something. It's usually really bad when they see this. Let's just put it that way. And I was scared to death, literally. I wasn't that spiritual yet. And it disappeared. And the nurse, she looks at me and she goes back to the radiologist and they come back, they're looking at these and she says, well, It may have been a shadow. Well, it couldn't have been a shadow because it had this characteristic. I had researched it with what tools we had. This was almost 20 years ago. After that happened, I faced my mortality. That shook my world. And then I was led to ask, show me the way. I couldn't reconcile all these things. That had come into me in my life. I had been the granddaughter of an evangelical faith healer minister who led a church where he was doing healings. My aunt, and believe me, he doesn't do and even he wouldn't have said he was doing the healing. My aunt literally got up and walked from polio when she was three years old in a polio outbreak that we don't hear about very much. It happened earlier than the one that you hear about in the 50s. This was before that long before that actually brought a whole side of the family into that particular belief system into that little storefront church which was um, in the New York City area and there were amazing things happening there I was not specifically brought up in that tradition because I didn't know him I was very young and he was very old and the church no longer existed. But I was brought up conservatively. But I also was brought up in a beautiful natural place. And when I would go to camp, I would, at dawn, sneak down the mountain. I would It was below the latrines. I would sneak down the mountains, and I can still smell the pine needles. And I would sit down under a tree, smelling the evergreen and watch the sun come up and i could feel it i could feel it that that was god that was spirituality and i i it wasn't i might go the next day that day and win the bait the bible drill be in the finalist you know we did bible drill Where, find the verse, who can find it the fastest? Well, you know, I was quite intellectual. Well, I mean, I was young, but I was a student, let's put it that way. So if there was something to learn, and I was competitive, too. I had a real competitive spirit for a while. And so, but I was trying to make sense of things as a child. Look at the note I wrote in church. I had a lot of things feeding into my background and then I slammed into facing my mortality because what that thing was would have killed me. Let's just put it that way. Without getting into any detail, I researched it. When they see this particular characteristic, you are probably going to die. And I was very young to die. And it woke me up and it disappeared. Later, I had I have seen other things disappear. There's one that's documented on this show, a family member, same thing and possible. In fact, that was a really dramatic experience because I'm sitting in the waiting room and fine, this is my child at the time. There's something being looked at that you cannot explain how it went away at all. In a very physical, I mean, we're talking about even ultrasounds here that had confirmed this thing. And it just goes away. And on the intercom, I'm sitting in the waiting room with his father, just wasn't really hearing any of it. Um, And when you wish upon the star, a star was playing on the intercom, right then in comes the doctor and tells us, well, we couldn't find this when they're physically, you know, looking for it. It's gone. It's gone. This does happen. It's happened to other family members, too. It's happened to friends. I have a friend who told a story. Stage 4 cancer. In the hospital, dying. Very similar to Anita Morjani's experience, who has never been on this show. She talks of a similar experience. She was surrounded by her children and was dying. And she was in what would be called the, I don't know, the quote New Age community where this show is often characterized. Notice how it doesn't really fit anywhere anymore, does it? It really doesn't because it's a spiritual program. It doesn't have to be in one place or another. Some of it is New Age, but we don't only look at that. I don't even know how to define new age anymore. Well, we'll do that on another show maybe. She was healed. She spontaneously healed and it went away. Stage four spinal cancer. I met her a couple years later at an event. She was walking in high heels. Beautiful woman, photographer. She used to photograph some spiritual events. It doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen. Every soul has a path. And you've got to trust in that too. That's the tricky part around healing, is that sometimes something bad happens, and it does happen, and it's bad, and it's like, why? We can ask this about the world right now. Why? Why? Why aren't we? Um, you know, I've had experiences where I was so certain of something. I just felt it completely. My intent was. Totally on it. Talk about you know new thought. It didn't happen. I was so certain it had happened. I just thought it had. I mean, it was just incredible, you know, where you just have such resolve. You know, this is going to happen. Well, it turns out that for my path, that would not have been the best path at the time. Can we trust? This is why I love the word co-creation. We don't always know where we're headed. We can't see what's up ahead. How do we know what we want? How do we know? We have soul agreements with other people. It may be that this loved one needed to leave. They they were not supposed to be here any longer. Oh gosh, she wanted them to heal. But they didn't. Maybe it's Maybe you need to leave. I mean, maybe that happens. Sooner or later, we're all leaving. Whatever. Well, it's more important than whatever. But there's a greater plan. This is where it's so tricky to understand. There is something larger than ourselves. It would be very egoic to think it's only me. Think about this in a logical way. If you're in a soul agreement with your friend, how can it be all about you and not about your friend? If we're in a community, how can it be all about me and not about the community? Some things can happen and will happen to help me on my trajectory. Why I'm on this show. Why whoever you are, you are listening wherever you are. And yes, I'm just flowing with where I'm guided. Trust me in that. It's okay. It's bigger than just me. It's the omnipresent divine. And it's all the souls around me and what their experiences need to be. Something horrible happens. Whatever it is. Why? In the greater world, war. You're in Rwanda. Something just, just terrible. The whole place falls apart. Everybody's killing everybody. All your friends are killing one another, Friend against friend. Neighbor against neighbor. Horrible. Horrible. Why? Well, I know one reason why. Immaculate Elipidesus was meant to survive. And she was meant to tell us. About how she hated, hated, hated. And then she found a way to love. And she's still telling her story today. There were gaping wounds that no doubt still exist in that place. Somehow, something new came into being. We were brought someplace. This is the shadow. This is the light. This is free choice. But there's also something bigger than all of it. And that's where it gets confusing. Where does our choice meet the soul agreements of our friends? Where does our choice meet the trajectory of our community, of our country, of our world? It's There's a kind of a, I, I could call it a tug of war. There's like a There's some kind of a balance. There's some kind of a relationship. And no, you don't always get what you want. But sometimes what you want is not really where you need to be. Or it certainly isn't where this whole group around you needs to be. And all through it all, we are learning about love. If we are not learning about love, there is no point to this at all. And I'll be happy when I cross over to say that to the committee or whatever it is. Because I, I'm not so happy about these dark lessons. It's like, why in the heck are we doing this? This is crazy. This is like, you know, what, what is going on here? It's so easy to ask that. Of course it is. I mean, we went too far. What, you really need to learn about love that much? I mean, for heaven's sake, don't you want to ask that sometimes? Of course you do. It's like, what's wrong with all of us? We ask hard questions. We need to ask them. And we need to talk to each other too. And even to the divine. But all in all, if it's not about love, there's no purpose to it. It has to be. And I have felt it and I have seen it and many have. And there are things like First Corinthians 13. There are things like love your neighbor. The shadow can only help us understand love more. If there wasn't a diversity of experience, I guess we wouldn't bother to do anything. You know, a part of my own experience years ago, which I rarely talk about, by the way, is a point where I kind of went to sleep. It was sort of an exercise. It was kind of a, there would be different things that I needed to learn about in the spiritual space. And, it was like nothing was happening. That was almost worse than anything. We are creators. In fact, that was almost the, the, the there was, when nothing was happening. Like, let's just say we're all love. We're the divine. We're, in, we're on the other side. We don't want anything to happen except love. Just love, 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 love. That's it. Light, total light, total light. I saw light. We've had some pretty amazing... I had an experience where a friend and I, during one of these things, we saw light together that was so bright physically, we couldn't believe it. I mean, I still can't believe that experience. And yet we saw it, and he saw it too. And at the time, it was needed at that point. Kind of hard to explain. But if all there was was just uniformity, light, just light, just light, 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 forever, what would that be like? It wouldn't be creation. We are creators. We are adventurers. We are surely brave to be here on planet Earth as souls. I actually believe, and this was something that... um, I had never heard before, and it I was a, sort of guided to it that we were here by choice. It's like I know people who hate that idea. It's like, why in the heck? Why in the hell would I choose to be here? I mean, what is wrong with us? You see well, if it's being done to you without any choice at all, what's wrong with that? Remember, it's omnipresent, but it's also not me. I'm up on this high pedestal telling you all, look at me. Nope, not that either. Be careful with that, by the way. You may have an experience where there are things that can't always be clear. We do need to be careful about ego, and we can still have work that we need to do. That can happen. When something really heady happens, When it really happens and you feel it, like when my post was on the front page of Oprah and it's like, oh my gosh, because I always wanted to be a writer. And I mean, that's an incredible place for it to be. And then more than once, I mean, not attached to any name, but the writing was there. How cool was that? But it was humbling. It was like, I mean, it was both. I'm a human being. Sure, there was ego. Of course. But it was also like, oh my gosh, now what? Be yourself. Be yourself. Be you as best you can, like I'm doing right now and so rarely do and should do more. We can't just sleep. We're creators. We love to create. We've created us. Look at us. Look at this place. Look at, you know, we talk about, I've talked about extraterrestrial life on this program. Look at the earth, for heaven's sake. Do you ever bother to go just to a zoo? Just look at what is created upon this earth and how diverse and amazing it is. And us as human beings, how diverse and amazing we are. We are creators, but we are also being drawn towards love. I like to believe we're like rays of light, emerging, as created beings. And it may not seem that way because there's a lot of shadow, right? But we're being drawn as this trajectory, as us, as you, to learn. And pretty soon when you get to this point, there can be miracles. There are miracles. I will never be able to explain some of the things that have happened. They were miraculous. And the world is a miracle every day. There are little miracles that you can see every day and know you're not imagining it. You can look at it with a friend, a fellow scientist. In fact, a lot of my friends are scientists. You think scientists aren't spiritual? Oh, no. They are the open ones. What do you think is going on? We're waking up for heaven's sake. We have a purpose. Do you know what I did work on in graduate school? I've talked about this before. I could have worked on what became the World Wide Web. One of my classmates and actually an advisor I knew, I mean people that I knew, not very many. Um, I, actually, I didn't know them all, but they were down the hall, whatever. couple people are very, very wealthy. One is one of the wealthiest people in the world. I actually did not personally know this person, although friends of mine did. I knew someone who worked on this project. Neb told me later never got most of them never got wealthy off of it. Creating a web browser as you know it, the World Wide Web as you know it. I ended up on the superconducting super collider project, which is similar to what's going on in CERN. Only they were going to build it in Texas. That's what I ended up on before I was even spiritual at all or knew anything about quantum things, or, I mean, I wasn't working on that part. I was doing computer science, but it would have helped to build the thing. And also it was AI. A lot of the stuff I did was AI. Do you know that as an intern, I developed a model very similar to this so-called, and I might have another opinion on this on another show, it was natural language where um, you could have a computer talk back to you or understand language. I worked on that in the early days. And guess who was down the hall? And I didn't even know it at the time. 30 people, or no, 50 people worked for this boss in the 80s. Greg Braden, working as a computer scientist. I found out from that from him later, because I said to him, I was at an event, and I said, you know, I saw you worked at this place. And he said, and I described it because I knew the office. Of course, I'd worked there. I said, I was an intern. He said, who was your boss? And I t- told him it was so-and-so. He said, I worked for, said his first name, the person. I don't know what it means. Is it some ego thing? Is this show going like, to rule the universe? Or you know, was I going to become a best-selling author? I don't know. I was on Oprah. I mean, you know, I got on the Oprah forum. That was cool. I mean, there have been other things that have happened. Who knows? I don't think I really need all of that. But it is inspiring to know. And there's some reason it happened. Why in the world was he down the hall? I ask that question now. Does it matter? Do I need to be, you know, some star? You know, I do call into national I have had a presence in some places. I don't know what it is more I'm supposed to do. And there may be more things, but it, I don't have to be him. I'm me. I'm Susan. And besides, he was a scientist. I was an intern. You know, maybe it'll always be that way. He's on his own path. But it's cool. That's an impossible thing, by the way. Talk about nothing is impossible. Statistically improbable. What are the chances that I'm in the spiritual community and neither of us was spiritual and he's working. He was technically in another building, but he would come right down the hall. His boss was only a few doors down from mine. We ended up talking about the secretary in the hall. I mean, I knew I worked there. What kind of a synchronicity is that? I still don't know. Let's close the show. I'm rambling forever today, but thank you. For those of you who are listening in the future and anyone on the line, I'm glad that you're here. Um, And I'm not going to answer. I'm actually guided right now just to speak because I spent many years interviewing people. And I I will see where the show goes over time. But but just um, thank you for being here. And thank you for being you because that's who you need to be. We don't all have to be queen or king of the universe, although technically we are in a sense, because we're inseparable from the divine. But all we really need to do is what we're called to do, where we are. And that could be very simple. This program doesn't have some giant audience right now. I love it. I love what happened today. It went way over. That's okay. I'm glad that I could talk to you this way. Thank you for listening to my heart, from my heart to yours, and to all of you, wherever you are. That's so amazing and wonderful to me. I love that you're able to be here. We need to hear each other. This is me in this moment. Who are you? Take care, everyone. I'll be back next week if all goes well. Usually I'm managing to be here every week. Most weeks at Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and the show airs live at blogtalkradio.com. You can get to it from frontierbeyondfear.com. And, yes, BlogTalkRadio. When it's live, which it's not right now, I'm very thankful that it often puts it on the front page. So you can click on it if it is. Generally, it's been there. Um, Or just find it. Frontierbeyondfear.com is an easy way. Thank you again. Be well. Find peace. Breathe. We're going to make it. Things may not be going so well. Heck, even if we don't make it, we'll all talk on the other side about what amazing experiences we had. <laughs> and we'll say, ah, oh, well, we that didn't go well, but what are we going to do next? We're creators. And there's a bigger part, bigger than us, that we can't describe. Let's not make it too pedestrian here. It's bigger too. But ultimately... We are creating ways to love care, sending my love out to all of you.